Zivie Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zivieowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Today's episode has been sponsored by But That's Another Story with host Will Schwalbe. Will is actually an author on my podcast because he has written two fantastic books called The End of Your Life Book Club and Books for Living. He loves asking people what books they're reading and finds fantastic answers. And so dedicated a whole podcast to finding out what notable figures, including authors and celebrities, are reading. He's had guests like Kevin Kwan, Melinda Gates, Peter Hedges, and Jodie Foster, and has had many guests that I've also had on this podcast, including Min Jin Lee, Danny Shapiro, Gretchen Rubin, Michael Frank, and Pamela Paul. So you should listen to his episodes and go back and listen to some of my episodes and check out his podcast. It's an insightful show. It's full of moving stories and you'll find even more books to add to your TBR list than I have on this show. So uh, check out But That's Another Story with Will Schwalbe. I'm here today with Shonda Morales, MSW, LCSW, the author of Breathe Mama Breathe, 5-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Moms, and Breathe Empower Achieve, 5-Minute Mindfulness for Women Who Do It All. She's a psychotherapist in private practice, specializing in stress-related disorders and mindfulness-based therapy. Shonda currently lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and two children. So welcome, Shonda Morales. Thanks for coming on Moms Now Time to Read Books. Thanks, Sivvy. We're thrilled to be here. And we're also here with Shonda's daughter, Annika, which is such a joy. So thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having us. How old are you? I'm 17. Okay, let me just put you on the spot. And you're already in college, 17. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. So this won't come out till later, but we are filming this right around Thanksgiving. So I feel like this is a very family-friendly, you know, moment. <laughs> that's right. She's home for Thanksgiving break. I figured. Happy to have her freshman. Aww. <laughs> so... Two books, Breathe, Mama, Breathe, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Moms, which was amazing. Breathe, Empower, Achieve, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Women Who Do It All, which really is the same as moms. I mean, when you, well, when you get down to it. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. You don't have to be a mom to really take advantage of the second book. No, I'm kidding. I was just kidding. Yes, <laughs> this, you do not have to be moms, of course. So can you please tell listeners what both the books are about? Sure. So Breathe, Empower, Achieve is about empowering women to step off that hamster wheel and create a life of balance so we can unleash our capacity for greatness. And Breathe, Mama, Breathe is geared more toward the busy moms, and that's about creating more connection, calm, and contentment in motherhood. And they both contain mindful breaks, which are these five-minute practices that help us to come back to the moment and remind us and opportunities to enjoy our lives and take advantage of those beautiful moments that we tend to just not even notice when we're running on automatic pilot. It was so funny because you have all these different times of day and different situations where you can have a mindfulness moment and you give great you know, advice and this is exactly how to do it and breathe here and da, da, da. But they're all the same situations that any, at least in Breathe Mama Breathe, that any mom is sort of going to go through over the course of the day at some point, the drop off, the sports event, the, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I was reading them, I was thinking, well, these are some of the times when I can read. You know, it, it's almost like these are the times I read is when the time, you know, the, the, you know, those little moments. Right. And I guess if you read or you breathe, as long as you're doing something for yourself. Right. And, and when you mentioned that before, and I would invite you to pause before you pull that book out and you get started because reading is, it can be really mindful, but it's also you know, partially we lose ourselves in a story. So I think the purpose of mindfulness is to be aware first of I'm going to read now or I'm going to sit here and enjoy this book and sort of to take that in, even if that's five seconds. And you do have reading as like one of the things at the end. Right, reading with our kids. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So for someone who's really busy, 
and is not totally sold on the mindfulness thing in general. Right. Convert me. Yes, absolutely. And I get it because I was completely, I was a skeptic when I started and I started meditating when Annika was about three and I was a very devoted meditator. So I took a class where the homework was to meditate for a half an hour every day and I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. So I was like, okay, absolutely. I'm going to do my homework. And I did. But after just a few weeks, what I started to notice was that by slowing down just a notch, I was actually more productive and more efficient. And so, and I was a hard sell because I like to get things done and I still do. So writing these books, I mean, we, we tend to write what we need to read and remember for ourselves. It's still that reminder for me to, I have to remind myself to hop off this hamster wheel and pause and, and take a few deep breaths or take a mindful break. Because if we don't, then our the pace of our day just feels so frantic and urgent. So the invitation is to, so not every is going to meditate for a half an hour every day. And that's what I found when I first started teaching this. And so to, to fast forward, when Annika was about to turn 10 and I was pregnant with my son, I knew I wouldn't be meditating for a half an hour every day. <laughs> and so I came up with these five minute practices so I could keep mindfulness in my life. And so that's the invitation to when women or people say, I don't have time for any of this, I get it. And I would invite you to pause and take two deep breaths. And we have time for that. That's five seconds. That's 10 seconds out of your day. When you start to do that, you notice that we slow down the pace of the day just a notch and it feels less frantic and urgent and more calm and we can sustain our energy longer. So you just mentioned you're a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. You yes. just kind of threw that in there, but that I'm so interested <laughs> in that. Hang on to that. Yeah, tell me, tell me a little more about that. Oh, what do you want to know? So paint a picture for me of what you were like before. Mm, yes. And, and how you got out of that. Right. So when I was my daughter's age, I was really in the height of perfectionism, kind of body image, really kind of on the border of eating disorder, but not quite, very much worried about what I look like and had to have the perfect grades, the perfect look, perfect outfit. And I ended up having what turned out to be the only, pan knock on wood, the only panic attack I've ever had was sitting in my junior year in the cafeteria during study hall. I didn't know what it was. And in fact, I didn't even recognize what it was until years later when I was training to be a therapist. And I was like, oh, I had a panic attack. That's what that was. And so very slowly over time, just sort of let go of some of that perfectionistic tendencies and I think partially just growing up and seeing that, that it was okay to be good enough, which I talk about in the book as well. So the most convincing part I found of the argument, aside from what you just said about breathing and all the rest, which, yeah, okay, I know that. I know that. I know. I know it's good for me. You cited studies that showed the brain actually physically changes in MRI scans after only eight weeks of a daily meditation practice. Yes. It's, for, that it's, true? That's true? It's true. It's, it's fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. It's a study by Britta Holzel. And there, there are now thousands of studies that are out on mindfulness and meditation that show all the way down to the cellular level, we change our telomeres or the caps at the end of our chromosomes that are responsible for aging. And so when they wear out, then we start to age and get sick and die. And so the longer they stay intact, the longer we live a healthy life. And long-term meditation keeps our telomeres intact longer. So it's it really is exercise for our brains and for our bodies and our overall health. Wow. Yep. Amazing. So you also gave a statistic that happiness is 40% in our control, 50% genes, 10% environment. 
which to me means that I could completely strike out on the happiness scale and never get to 100%. But I don't think that's how you meant that's the statistic, right? That's right? right. That's so funny that you took it that way. <laughs> I'm like, I, I like a total pessimist, <laughs> yes. I totally see it as, yay, we all have control over yeah. this. So, so, right, it's not saying that, you know, you're only, you can only be 50% happy. That's the only chance you have. Or, right. or you know, it, but it, to me, it's so hopeful because I, especially, with clients or, or patients who will struggle with depression, let's say, or that feeling of helplessness that I don't have control over my life, or I had so many horrible things happen to me, what am I supposed to do about this? And to know that 40% is under our control is, to me, amazing. And yes, of course, we're not all going to be a happy 100%. And that would be, that would be kind of boring anyway, even though... Yeah, who wants all those happy yeah. people around? <laughs> you have a scene where you take what you call a snap break, capital S-N-A-P, a mm. snap break in the closet. That's right. Show me that scene again. Yes. Tell me what was going on with the kids. Yes, because as you can attest, honey, my daughter, <laughs> you know, life happens. And I think it was probably one of those winter days where it was, we're all trapped inside. And, oh, I know, it was coming home from a, a work meeting and I was just exhausted. And it was, and there was just kind of chaos going on in the house. And so the quietest part of my house would be closing the bedroom door and then closing, going into the closet and closing the closet door and sitting. Are and, we talking walk-in closet or- uh, not just, quite, you know. Just I mean, like a sort of. Yes. Thing with the sliding doors. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Not not spacious. Not at spacious. All. But you know, and the dog still, you know, tries to get her nose under the Aww. door and and find out where I am. However. It's this idea of we have to go and do whatever we need to do because they, they kids find us in the bathroom. That's the problem, right? So we have to go somewhere else where they may not be able to find us at least for a couple of minutes. And it's about stopping and noticing what's going on, which for me in that moment, I was feeling completely overwhelmed. My muscles were tight. You know, headache, tension, headache, and accepting this is how it is in this moment because that really can get us in trouble when we, human nature is to tense up and resist against unpleasantness, unpleasant thoughts and emotions and situations. Allowing, and then we pay attention to the breath because we just notice that rising and falling that happens in our belly, and it can ground us and bring us back to that moment and keep us in our bodies. And so it's a very quick way to kind of bring our attention back to the moment and calm down in a stressful situation. And it's helpful if you can go into the closet, but you don't always have to do that. You can do it anywhere. <laughs> so many people are talking about getting out of the closet. You <laughs> right. want everybody to go back, go back into in. the closet. Right. All right, all right. <laughs> you never know what you're going to learn. <laughs> That's right. So. So just to break it out one more time, snap, S-N-A-P, the S is for stopping, uh-huh. N is for noticing, noticing. Right. A is for accepting, accepting, and P is pay attention to the breath. Okay. Right. Are you, should you do a, a couple of snaps while you're in You the can. Breath? You can. Yeah. <laughs> the three breath hug was another one of my favorites. Tell me about that one. Everybody loves to hear about this. So <laughs> so this is very simply just giving, training our kids or our partner to give a big bear hug and then coordinate our inhales and our exhales together. And it's very calming. It's very connecting because what we tend to do is give a hug or, you know, and we just kind of release mm-hmm. or to really do that and bring our attention together, it's so calming. And I like to tell the story of, once again, Annika sitting here. She was about five and I had taught her the three breath hug and to help her calm down. And I was having a mommy meltdown in the bathroom this time. And she slid a note under the door that said, meet me in my room for a three breath hug. So cute. I love this part of the book. <laughs> and what, like what's amazing. even cooler is just maybe two years ago, a friend of mine was like, hey, do you have some mindfulness for kids books? Like, Can I borrow 
of those? And I was like, sure. And I just paged through to see what was in there. And I found the note as a bookmark in. <laughs> no. Yes. Posted it on Instagram and she made me take it off. But. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the three breath hugs? Yeah. Like, do you still do them? Well, yeah. Sometimes I mean, I don't know as deliberately, but we, yeah, yeah. you're a good hugger. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you've taken some of these mindfulness techniques? Like, do you feel like you implement m- mindfulness in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I mean, probably not as much as I should, but when I do, I definitely notice a difference, too. Like, what are times when you feel like you might have a mindful moment that other people might just plow through the day? I think one of the biggest things is, like, when something is going wrong, too, I kind of just have, like, a moment where I realize that I have to accept what is going on and, like, I can't change it. So, yeah, that's probably... Gives you a little bit of perspective, yeah. which is the point yeah. of being able to see that there's a bigger picture here. And it's it feels so so urgent and or terrible in the moment, but to be able to step back and get that bird's eye view. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me how this whole book came about. You're a therapist. Tell me how it came about. So the first book, Breathe Mama Breathe, was because I was pregnant with my son and was also working with a lot of stressed out moms. And so we all had this intention of I'm going to sit and meditate 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, and then it doesn't happen or it really kind of is impossible, especially when we're in the thick of it, in the trenches with little ones. And so there was that piece. And then I was writing blog posts. So I was writing a bunch of blog posts just to, to help my clients. And I came up it pulled together and said, this could be a workbook. And then I thought, hmm, well, maybe this is the makings of a book. And it's not going to hurt if I pitch it to an agent, like an agent, and then she pitched it to publishers and the rest is history. So yeah, it wasn't an intentional book writing process, especially in the beginning. Have you always liked to write? Yes, but not not in that compulsive, like I must write every day kind of way, sort of in spurts throughout my life. And I always liked to write and I was told that I was a good writer, but I wasn't sure what I had to tell. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what stories I had to tell when I was younger. So now I feel wisdom, I guess, in my older age (laughs) and more experience. And so now you've written two mindfulness books. Are you doing, are you going to target a different population with a third book or what's, what's your plan? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. You know, I definitely, women's women's issues and is, is definitely my thing. It was in my 20s and then kind of motherhood and therapy sort of took center stage. And then as Annika started growing up too, in the past few years, she's really gotten into feminism and women's rights and sort of, sort of reignited my passion for that too, which is so exciting to kind of be in that space together. But Gay Hendricks wrote The Big Leap and he talks about creative fermentation. And I feel like this, my second book just came out uh, about a month and a half ago. So I feel like I'm in that period of creative fermentation, which sometimes feels uncomfortable, but I also welcome it because, you know, I just follow my curiosity and then- What is creative fermentation? Oh, it's sort of having that space, which is part of what we talk about with mindfulness, Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like you need to just barrel ahead and make something happen, allowing this space of allowing and following curiosity and reading and learning and see what starts to, to bubble up, what starts to come together. Do you like to read? Do you find time to read? I love to read. Yeah, do you too? Yeah, I mean, with school, I'm reading a lot, so I don't have as much time for reading kind of for fun. But she reads all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love to read, yes. What kind of books? Yeah, do you probably like? not as much as I, you know, with kids. And well, every right, time yeah. it seems like every time I sit down, my son is like, Do you want to play baseball? You want to play basketball? You want to play football? So I, there's that. So after Mom's he goes to bed, to read, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I love to read a handful of nonfiction at one time. I kind of toggle back and forth, and then usually one fiction, you know, at bedtime. And so, yeah. 
You know, people ask me often, like, when do you find time to read? And I'm like, some books I save for bedtime. Uh-huh, right? There uh-huh. are those, you know, just to get lost in that. Exactly. Story. I feel like nonfiction is more daytime. Definitely. Right? I well, I, or before, I, I, I sit up in bed and read the nonfiction. And then when I lay yeah. down, I read the fiction. It's like a, it's oh, a system. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, because you said you were a bibliophile. Yes. So, lover of books. Yes. yes. Do you collect books? Do you like Do you like to keep them in the house? Or are you like a Kindle person? Or? Oh, I definitely like real. I like to handle books, yes. I love the library too, though, so we do. Okay, oh, that's great. I just want to talk about this one moment in your life, if you don't mind going back to it. You had skin cancer on your face while you were pregnant. Then you had a poison sumac attack. Your mother-in-law had terminal cancer, and then you got mastitis. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. How did you get through that moment? How did mindfulness help you through? Yeah, yeah. So that was probably, I would say, the darkest moment I had where I still remember that lying in bed and my son was probably three weeks old, kind of that intense time of sleep deprivation and that really knocked me over sleep deprivation. So, and I wasn't expecting it, but I had a moment where I was really thought about if I could just disappear right now. And I didn't I didn't have a plan. I wouldn't do anything. And I thought of my daughter and I thought, obviously I'm not going to take matters into my own hands and actually hurt myself. But there was a moment I, I wish I could just disappear. This is so overwhelming and intense right now. And I just felt like I was drowning. And so what I did was think about came back to mindfulness and came back to my breath. And so just in this moment, can I just accept I am feeling bowled over right now? And I felt that inhale and that exhale, just like I'm talking about in the closet and moment to moment, hour to hour, and kind of just got through that, you know. And as a mental health professional too, I would say definitely my gynecologist was looped in and she knew me for 10 years and she was really noticing something too. So we said, we'll keep an eye on this. And when I started to get a little bit more sleep, I came out of that, but it really felt intense in that moment. And we need to really and even as a therapist, I didn't see that coming. So I think, you know, we really need to take care of each other and pay attention when, when moms are in that postnatal phase to really watch out for each other. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors? Hmm. I always recommend The Essential Guide to Getting Your Book Published. Okay. To anybody who asks me, I followed that like my Bible, and it was wonderful. Hmm. And just to keep writing, even though the the self-doubt will show up, and you're going to wonder if this is any good. Uh, I talk about in in Breathe and Power Achieve about the U-shaped curve, about, you know, we always have this dip in our creativity where we feel like this is terrible, I'm terrible, nobody's going to, what am I doing here? Forget it. And that's when we throw in the towel. So don't throw in the towel. Just keep going. And eventually you'll come out the other side. Hold on to the towel. That's right. (laughs) While you go into the closet. That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And Annika, thanks for joining us. Thank Thank you, you, Zibby. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. This episode has been sponsored by the podcast, but that's another story with Will Schwalbe. Check it out for insightful stories to find out what notable figures like authors, actresses, and directors have found to be some of the most powerful books in their lives. You can follow me on Instagram at moms don't have time to read books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.